to each of you in Jesus' name this morning. It truly is a beautiful day, beautiful day to be gathered to worship together. I had a uh, experience that somehow seems like it's fairly frequent to happen, and that is that I decided what to preach about, and then I realized how closely it tied in with the Sunday school lesson. So uh, it was not that way by design other than uh, possibly God's design. So how many of you all have, and you don't have to raise your hands, this is just thought, thought questions, not, uh, not trying to get you to, to raise your hand. But how many of y'all have uh, asked God for something that you didn't receive? I think that we all have had that experience. That there was something we wanted, we thought we wanted at least, and we asked God for it, and we didn't get it. Now, Speaking from experience, sometimes uh, time goes on and you look back and you realize that uh, God knew best. There's a good reason why you didn't receive what you asked for. But did you ever struggle to reconcile the fact that the Scripture tells us that God will give us what we ask for? But then... Sometimes we ask and we don't get. And I just thought I'd read several of those promises. You can turn to them if you'd like, but you can just listen as well. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 say, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Matthew 21, verse 22, says, In all things, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. So there's key there is that we need to ask in faith, ask believing. Then in the book of John, John 14, John 14, verse 13, Jesus said, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, there's a really important little tidbit there that you need to think about and keep, keep in your mind as we look at this today. Uh, now I lost my place here. 1413 Jesus said that if we ask he will do it that the father may be glorified in the son so remember that when we ask what what Jesus is saying is going to be answered is what will bring glory to God and then John 16 
23. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So these are, these are promises that Jesus gave us that uh, if we ask, we'll receive. Sounds like that Jesus just is giving a blank check to us. Well, so why don't we get everything that we ask for? And what I'm going to look at this morning doesn't totally answer that question. But I do believe that it does give us uh, a, a certain answer, a certain amount of answer at least. I'd like to invite you to turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, and I'd like to read the first four verses. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So in these verses, we have what looks like to me to be a, a real struggle going on. I see a picture of a person who's struggling and battling to get ahead. To get what they want. And they want it so bad that they're, in a lot of ways, they're leaving a trail of destruction behind them. Maybe ruined relationships, hurt feelings. And notice what the root cause of that struggle is. It says that the cause is our lusts. So what are our lusts? As it's used here, it would speak of our, our natural desires and longings. Uh, you know, our, our natural human tendency is towards things that bring us pleasure of some sort. That's why we often do things that maybe we shouldn't do. It's because we have a natural inner longing for something. And it drives us, makes our decisions for us. So, God gave us a human body that has these different desires. And so we could say, is it wrong to fulfill those desires? We need to recognize that when sin came into the human existence, the human race, you know, God had created mankind and He had created an environment for us to live in that was perfect. And sin changed all that. And I think that God gave us certain desires that then with when, when, when we 
our lives were affected by sin, those desires took over. See, God didn't intend for Adam and Eve to live according to the desires of their flesh, to be ruled by those desires. And so, when sin came into the world, it suddenly threw us into a situation where apart from God, our fleshly desires rule our, our, our lives. And if we live according to those desires or those lusts, we're going to make a lot of bad choices. We're going to be like the person in this passage that is struggling and is ending up wrecking relationships and wrecking their own life because their desires are pushing to them to make decisions that are unwise and are harmful and hurtful to others. So in short, we could say if we're living for our own lusts and desires, we're simply living for self and not for God. We're in bondage to self. So the picture here that James is painting is, is not a very pretty picture. He talks about wars and fighting and killing. And I see that as an outward conflict that is caused by, by these desires. If I want something so bad, it doesn't matter if I hurt others to get it. My goal is to get what I want, to get what I desire. But as bad as that outward conflict is, I also see here an inner conflict, an inner turmoil. A turmoil of the person that is wanting these things and is asking and not receiving and the frustration that that, that person has of wanting and not receiving, asking and, and God not giving. But what stood out to me here in all of this is that the reason that, that it says here that they did this person or these people were not receiving was because they were asking with the wrong motives. It doesn't say they were asking for wrong things. It says they were asking with wrong motives. And so as I read this, it stood out in my mind that it seems that wrong motives may keep us from receiving answers to prayer for things that are legit, legitimate things. I believe that in reading this that we can ask God for things that are good and legitimate but yet because of our hearts, because of our motives, God says no. Now the motive that he was speaking of here is this thing of consuming it upon their own lusts. Their motive was self-gratification. It was promotion of self. It was pleasure. And I want to think about that idea of consuming for our own pleasure. This 
really came home to me a number of months back. I was reading a book. And the book was about overcoming or helping, helping people overcome sexual addictions. And that author made a point that people that are struggling with that type of addiction are consumers and not givers. And his point was that if we want to find victory in this area, we have to switch our mindset from being a consumer to being a giver. And if we can't do that, we're probably not going to find victory. But that set my mind rolling. And I had to think that, you know, this author was speaking of a specific sin, of a specific uh, struggle. But if it's true in that area, if it's true in that uh, type of sin, isn't it probably true in other areas as well? That if, if my mindset is the mindset of being a consumer rather than a giver, that I will struggle to overcome sin in my life. The basic concept there is that we have to shift our focus away from consuming for my pleasure, for what feels good or what seems beneficial to me, and to shift our focus to giving and serving others, doing what is good for others. So thinking about this thing of consuming, being a consumer rather than a giver, I had to ask, how do I learn to be a consumer? Where does that come from? And I think first and foremost, it comes because of our sinful nature. It comes naturally. It's a tendency that we all have, I think. And it's a tendency that we need to learn to keep in check. And really, as parents with little children, that's what we do is we train and discipline our children as we try to, to, to train that out of them, that, they, that, that their focus isn't constantly on themselves and on what they want and what brings them pleasure. And even if your parents did a good job of that, you probably still struggle with those things, those tendencies and desires in your life to, to pursue the things that bring pleasure and gratification to self. And you know that that tendency is a tendency that we have to keep in check or it will destroy our lives. We can... Uh, we don't have to look very far and we can see that law at work in people's lives. We probably all observe people who have refused in their life to deny self. They've refused to submit to good discipline to their parents, school, etc. And they've went through life chasing after pleasure, chasing after what's fun, Chasing after what brings them glory. And they go through life 
and end up living a life of poverty. Maybe not financial poverty, but a poverty of soul. A poverty spiritually. But on the flip side, you may have been blessed to observe someone who denied self. They poured their life out serving others, giving rather than consuming. And seeing that person live a full and abundant life, maybe not financially, but, a, but an abundant life. See that person that pursues what feels good and what, what makes them look good and etc. They'll end up ruining relationships. They'll end up focusing on the things that don't last rather than the things that are eternal and the things that build relationships. There's another way that we learn to be consumers, and that's the fact that we live in the United States of America. We live in a country whose economy is based on consumerism. And that's not totally all bad because there is something good about a society that functions together, supplying goods and services for one another, interacting, supplying needs. But I've been impressed. Maybe it's me changing, but I think as I look back, it's society has, has changed a lot in my short lifetime that our economy more and more seems like it's driven not by supplying people's needs, but by creating and fulfilling uh, wants and desires in people. I don't know any way to quantify this, but it would be interesting if we could quantify the our gross domestic product number, uh, how many dollars are spent on consumer goods in a in a year in the United States and somehow separate out what percentage of that is on needs versus wants. I suspect that if you could, that the wants would far outweigh the needs. I suspect that greater than 50% of what is consumed in America today is due to wants, not needs. That influences us. And I want to make clear that this isn't an area that I'm immune from, but I want, and I'm not trying to draw a lot of hard and fast lines, but I'm trying to help us to think, to stimulate our thinking and to stimulate us to take action. And I want to just talk about some few things that I had to think about as I, as I prepared this message. And not, not drawing a hard and fast line, but these, these are just some thought items. And I believe that there's, there's some areas that maybe we struggle in, and maybe there's some other areas we could talk about as well. And maybe there's something you see in my life that you can point out to me after the service. But I think that we have, a, we have tended towards consumerism 
in electronic technology and its use. Are all of the things that we're buying and doing with electronic technology giving or consuming? We have hardware, phones, tablets, computers, smartwatches, earbuds, and keep going. There's, there's an endless supply of new gadgets. And there's the software, the apps, social media, music, videos, reading, shopping. There's all those things. Are they giving? How, or how you and I are using these things? Is it giving or is it consuming? What about things like our vehicles? in our houses? Are we content with filling our, fulfilling our needs? Or do we need all the bells and whistles? And if we do, why? I helped somebody vehicle shop recently. And you climb into a new or a nice used, as this was the case, vehicle, and one of the first things you start looking for is, oh, does it have seat heat? Does it have uh, this? Does it have that? Uh, navigation. Uh, you know, we like those, those special features. And they're not all wrong. But are we givers or are we consumers? Another thing that's been impressed on me, and I think this is a change that I've observed in, over my lifetime. What about food? Eating out is not a wrong thing. But I've been with people before that seemed like they could uh, sit it, it, and discuss at length the merits of a whole slew of different local restaurants. Is that meeting a want or is that being a consumer? You know, I mean, excuse me, meeting a need or is that being a consumer? And what about the food that we do eat? A while back, I was in a conversation and there was a young man talking about a party that he had been at. It was a bunch of young guys got together and he was kind of bragging, I think, but he was talking about how the, the meat that they grilled cost $200. And I'm not sure how many guys were there, but if you divided it out by how many were there, it probably wasn't but 10 or $15 a piece. But $200 for a chunk of meat? It was a pretty good cut of meat from what he said. Where do we cross the line between being a, a between giving and our focus being on consuming, consuming upon our own lusts, and then that that thought brought me to think about another thing that's kind of boggled my mind, and that's the grills that people use to grill meat on. I did a little research. A nice kitchen range electric for your kitchen that you're going to use every day, most likely. 
I can go out easily and spend easily double what a nice kitchen range costs to buy a grill that I might use once or twice a month at best. See, see where, where do we cross the line between consuming it upon our lusts and being the giver that God wants us to be? And I'm not talking about just giving by putting in the offering basket. I'm talking about giving by having our focus on others rather than upon ourselves. And again, I'm not bringing these examples up trying to throw stones or point fingers at any certain person or group of people. These are just some things that I've thought about, some things I'm thinking out loud, you could say. I want us to think, how does God view it when we're driven by desire to have so that we can consume it upon our own lusts? I want you to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 16. Verse 49. The prophet was speaking to Israel. He was comparing them to, in verse 48, he says, may I just read verse 48 as well. He's comparing them to Sodom. As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom the sister hath not done, she nor her daughters, as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. We read the account in Genesis of God bringing judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin. But right here, God says that the problem with Sodom was her pride, her fullness of bread and abundance of idleness. And I read that and I thought, that sounds to me like the consumerism mindset. It sounds like having it to consume it upon your lusts, upon your own pleasures. Now think about that mindset and what, how that ultimately worked out for Sodom. Where did it lead them? Their focus was on a, themselves, on a seeking after of pleasure. And it led them to a very, very ungodly place. So when our focus is upon ourselves and finding pleasure and fulfillment in the things we do and the things that we have, I believe that we're on a path that leads us away from God. And to, rather than towards God, we're, we're traveling towards self. Self-fulfillment. And I think we can look around us and we can see so many examples of that in the world around us today. Now back to James 4. 
the last verse that we read, verse 4, read that again. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. And I believe that he's saying there that if, if, if we're too close to the world, we're going to adopt their viewpoints and their practices. If we're too close to the world, we'll find ourselves embracing that same consumerism mentality. And according to that verse, that's a path away from God rather than toward God. We need to be rather coming out from among them and being separate. So how am I doing? Am I chasing after those things that the world is, the consumerism, you know, fulfilling my pleasures? Now circling back to the topic of unanswered prayer. In these verses from the book of James, it seems like that the people here that James was addressing, that they were asking for specific things that God was not giving them. God was denying their request because of their motives, because of where their focus was. And as I looked at that and pondered it, I think there's two sides to that. I think that, that at times, because of our desires, because of the lusts of the flesh, so to speak, that we ask God for things we shouldn't ask for, and God says no. But I also believe, as I look at this, in a broader sense that if our focus is on ourselves and fulfilling our own desires, I believe that it hinders God from answering prayers that we ask where we ask for legitimate, worthy things. You know, there's things that we can pray for that we know are God's will. And I hope that we pray for those things. There's other things we don't know necessarily if it's God's will or not. And I believe in studying this that if our mindset is focused on ourself and is focused on consuming for our own pleasure, focused on lifting self up, it's going to affect how God answers our prayers. And maybe beyond that, rather than changing how God answers our prayers, if our focus is on self and pleasure, it's probably going to affect how we pray. How dedicated it would affect how dedicated I am to praying for others. It'll change what I ask for in prayer. And you know, we probably all have a desire to be a part of a vibrant, growing church. A church that's supportive of its members. A church that's reaching out. A church that's growing. You know, there's, there's a lot attractive about a church like that. But we'll never attain it if we're consumers rather than givers.
And you know, we can't consume all week and then come to church on Sunday and give at church. It's a lifestyle. We need to embrace the lifestyle of giving, the lifestyle of focusing on others daily. And we should all have a strong desire to over, not only to build the church, but to build ourselves in, in, in Christ, in overcoming sin, drawing closer to Him. But if we're focused on consuming upon our lusts, we're not going to be growing. We're not going to be overcoming sin. Because at the root of any sin issue is self. And if our life is, is concentrated on fulfilling pleasures, the pleasures and desires that I have, it's going to weaken me and my ability to overcome any type of sin that I may be struggling with. Also, if we have a consumerism mindset, I fir firmly believe that we're going to struggle to submit to the authorities that God has placed over us. And that's because often the authorities that we find over us, whether it's government authorities or church or family or in the home or in the school, if we have a, that focus on self and, and gaining my own pleasure, when somebody says no, they're a roadblock for me to obtain what I want. And so we struggle to submit. But when we take our focus off of self and focus on others, then it makes submission so much easier. So the principle here is the focus of our life. Is my focus, is your focus, on the things that bring pleasure, the things that bring me fulfillment, the things that make me look good. If that's our focus, I firmly believe that we're not going to experience God's full blessing. And in turn, the church is not going to experience its full potential. So we face a choice. We face a choice of having self and our own pleasures to be our focus or the good of others. Which is more fun? And I'll tell you from personal experience, it's more fun, at least our fleshly nature, to be a consumer. It's much more fun. But it's more rewarding in the long term to be a giver to focus on something other than self, something other than my pleasure. So let's each give up of our own selfish will and desires so that not only we can be blessed by God, but so that His church can grow and be a blessing in this dark world.